0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Smurfy Thirsty to Thursday. Uh, you're going to have to bear with me here as I am uh, uh, slowly working my way through this. And the uh, the other thing I'm going to have to do too is uh, get DeMay somehow on the on the screen here. Uh, but I, you know, I'll I'll figure it out one way or another. Look. I don't I don't have all of this figured out well, but you know what? I'm getting there slowly but surely. Uh, I'm it does and it and it would you check and see if this is live? It's not I'm I it did. Oh good. Good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, no, I cannot, but I'm I'm glad Sure. Okay. Okay. I, I
1: uh-huh uh-huh
0: yes uh that that sounds like a really good time for everybody uh Yeah, that's a quick way to get your absolute ass beat to holy hell. Do you understand? Uh, we th- we throw elbows in this joint, and uh, you are not safe from being on the receiving end of that. Uh, and if you if you have to ask why, well, then you'll catch an elbow to the face for that as well, too. Uh, Demay, I almost have you on the screen here. Uh... Lane, you're going to feel the pain. He's got five fouls to give. doesn't give a shit. I, I really don't. I really don't. And if there's one thing I could go back and change about basketball is I would have, I would have, I would have used up a lot more of those five fouls than I did. <laughs>
2: what I would like to see is uh, we need to go back and get the stat books and see what your fouls per game were. You know, <laughs> Not enough. Uh, it's surprising to me that you were that, that reserved, especially in a competitive environment at such a young age.
0: And now look at you now, you know. Well, I I'm not sure that I was that reserved. Uh, my I I was more strategy focused. I'll say that right. So, uh, from my standpoint, I was I was worried about you know getting the team into foul trouble or any of that shit. So I tried mm-hmm. to be a little more of a, a team player than the shit that goes on in my head, which was uh, you know I think you were overcompensating. Is what, yeah. I think that's what they call that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's over, what it
1: sounds like yeah. you
2: you, you should have just been yourself lived your authentic life you know all that stuff and hey also uh matt i heard i i got a i'm getting a late breaking note here uh splashing up on the teleprompter that tonight's episode is brought to you we have a new sponsor oh. it's actually the earthwise dominators uh facebook group so guys Oh, Oh, super dominating!
0: Uh, So (laughs) I was introduced to this earlier today, and uh, apparently (laughs) it is a thing that you get an Earthwise push mower, and you put exercise equipment attached to it, like uh, (laughs) like kettlebells or uh, weights for a barbell, and attach it to it uh, in order to increase the resistance as you mow your lawn. And the goal is that they call it the Earthwise CrossFit dad bot
1: um i'll tell you what uh, I, I
2: don't i want to i don't want to hear any of that until somebody ray here's what i want to see somebody takes their gm 1000 engages the blade without the motor running and they push that thing across the lawn and get it to cut grass that is some olympic level uh whatever wise domination not
1: gonna have not, ha- not gonna happen uh ryan why? and the reason why it's not gonna happen is because the transmission system is such that the me. drive mechanism is separated from the uh, from the reel by a series of differentials mm-hmm. that don't allow the roller drum to also turn the reel at the same time. I don't
2: know. I can't do I, it. I, know a, can't do I it. know a guy named Matt Martin, he's got a killer set of tools. I'm sure he
0: could help us figure it out. Oh, oh yeah. We can we can <laughs> weld a, a sheave and pulley system on that and we'll we'll make it a reality. And, uh, look, here's, uh, <laughs> listen to the earthwise guys, like, you know, one kudos to y'all for yeah. uh, getting on the, on the fitness train. I, I'm, I'm all about it. hundred percent. You talked to a guy lost over a hundred pounds and still, still working my ass off at it. Um, uh, two, I will critique you. If you think that is the resistance that is going to give you a six pack, boy, you've got another thing coming. Uh, the <laughs> life comes at you fast uh on on this endeavor and it is painful and you have to embrace the suck um uh 3 is uh really if you want to kick this off uh everyone should be going and renting a dethatcher and and pulling it backwards uh, go get a bluebird dethatcher and uh, or a, a, <laughs> a, a zip seater slit seater as they call it and uh mm-hmm. and with the engage, with the blades engaged going forward you pull it in reverse across the yard That is one hell of a workout. And if you do not feel suicidal the next day, then do it again the second day. uh, Because you're not going to make it more than two properties before you are really looking at a piece of concrete, trying to figure out if you can curb stomp yourself to death.
2: I have a strong recommendation there to also stop at AutoZone to pick yourself up a couple sets of extra belts and also probably a fire extinguisher. For when it does in fact catch on fire.
0: It does. It will catch on fire. Um, I know from experience. (laughs) And the belts is actually to hang yourself at the at the end of it. Do what?
1: I think I did something even worse. Pull a Ryan Renison with the fixed blades backwards through Zoisha.
0: I I, really doing anything through Zoysia is, is going to be a nightmare,
1: Uh, (laughs) but I did it. I've done it. (laughs) It is.
0: Uh, So we'll go ahead. And if y'all have questions, feel free to start throwing them in the chat. I'm not going to set up phone calls and do all this. We do have a couple that came in. Harper Explorer said, is there a cultural chemical way to remove fescue from a Kentucky bluegrass lawn? Is the texture on it? Like off the top of my head, there's not really any chemical control you can do that I, I know of. Uh, you know, certainty used to be labeled for Kentucky bluegrass. If you want to f around and and find out there, but uh, I believe they removed it from the label because of uh, collateral damage. But from a, a cultural standpoint, I'd say if you could get the height of cut down less than what, say half an inch uh, or two, half an inch, that's probably probably is an effective move as, five eight, as five, possible.
1: Five eighths to three quarter mm-hmm. mat, and then I got another curveball to to throw at paint, Harper. Paint Explorers. some
0: glyphosate. What's that?
1: If he promises to be careful, promises to be calibrated, and promises not to do it more than one time, quarter ounce per acre MSM.
0: There you go. I've never had luck with MSM on tall fescue. Your mileage may vary. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, well, MSM is metformin methyl too, by the way. Metsofiron it's in conjunction
1: methyl. with that low height of cut. Though, ah, Matt.
0: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay.
1: I mean, so if uh, Harper is also mowing at that five-eighths to three-quarters of an inch, rather than high cut, and he introduces a quarter ounce per acre of MSM to his program. In the spring, please, or in the fall, please don't do this in the summer.
2: Definitely don't do this in the summer. Please
1: don't, because NSM is essentially probably one of the most scary herbicides I can think of. Uh... It is. In turf grass, to me, it's pretty scary. I don't know if I can. Can I do that here? I don't think I can. I mean, next most scary is something that you should be able to. I can only use on Bermuda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, on Bermuda, but if we're talking about we can on. KBG, yeah, MSM.
0: The other one we had come in is uh, from Ironhide, and he said centipede has splotchy yellow, uh, yellow patches, um, moving into to uh, you know. Coming out of dormancy, moving into here, uh, what are are you going to say? Is that a potassium issue there, actually, Ray, where it's... uh, uh,
1: It's kind of splotchy. uh Okay. There's three possibilities. Yeah. The potassium is the most optimistic one. Bad one is ground pearl. Yeah, yeah. Other bad one is something called ring nematode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so, however... There is a fourth one that is rather optimistic, and that would be due to the cool weather, the weather constantly bouncing between warm and cool this past year, that unstable weather can also create issues with iron and manganese uptake.
0: Yeah, and especially if you if you're having pHs up there at the uh the mid sixes, you know, trying to supplement with a little iron and manganese. Uh, well oh, yeah, above six five. Uh, obviously don't don't apply any phosphorus. Um and uh, mm-hmm. you know, watch your watch your salt indexes, you know, and uh but y- yeah, you are kinda you're you're kinda enter wits in. Now, if you're in North Carolina, like coastal North Carolina or South Carolina, I would go ahead and check for nematodes. Uh, again, Paul Outlaw has kind of been sounding the alarm in my head on this. And uh, and he, he said it is an issue that he is continually running into. And so I would keep that in the back of your head, especially if you're in that North Carolina area. Uh, and then we had Johnny Fescue said, I am testing Archon for sedge prevention. I do not know what Archon is. Uh, I'm trying to look it up here. Um, is this, is this a label for it? Uh, no, that is not, uh, Johnny Fescue, if you could email me a label, uh, or the active ingredient of it, uh, that, that would be better. Um again for sedge prevention, you know, we've talked a lot about sulfentrazone. The other one that is not commonly talked about is um uh Iota, who is that iodosulfuron. Um and I'm drawing a blank on the trade name. Or is it a masosulfuron? It's iodosulfur.
1: It's, it's a yeah. Celero.
0: That is the one I'm trying to think of. Right, And at a pound per acre in rice, uh, I've seen those trials. It was fairly effective at uh, sedge prevention.
1: Well, you know, Matt, that kind of solves a mystery for me because I started using celery in turf grass last year. And the results of it are, to me, amazing. Because it's a Broadcast application at the label rate. Uh,
0: Demay, your your Please. mic went off of your good mic. By the way, yeah. <clears throat> I, will, I will mute you for the time being. Ping me in our chat when you are good to go, and then I will demute you. Um, yeah. So, it, and uh, that is from University of Arkansas, is where you can find that study if you type in uh, if you're on, uh, uh uh, nut sedge prevention oh yeah much better you're oh god look at that saucy um then the other one we had here is uh best dallas grass control in tall fescue um pilex i always had good luck with but you have to do it in the fall and uh, especially if you're doing it with like the pile driver which is uh uh pilex sulfentrazone and uh, uh quinclorac uh, that that mix specifically with, with the sulfenter zone. And I had the best results with, Uh you could also mix it with, um, uh, Flazifop too. Uh, just be holy hell careful. Again, all of these would be approaches for the fall. Uh, doing it now, it, Dallas grass is just too, too hot, too heavy, too strong. You're, you're going to, you're going to end up causing more problems. Do it in the fall. So that way, especially if you miss your, your application rate of, Lord have mercy of flazafop. Uh, oh, uh, you know it. It you're going to be seeding right there afterwards because it is it is not very forgiving on rate that you can you can actually uh, cause some problems. Oh, acuron is the uh, is the herbicide. It is from Syngenta. And uh, let me see here. I'm going to pull up this label and we can uh, talk about the active ingredient. Uh, this is Metalichlor, Atrazine, Mesotrione, and Bicyclopyrone. Bicyclopyrone. I am not familiar with Bicyclopyrone.
1: I've never heard of that one either, Matt. I've never heard of it, but...
0: Yeah, I'm going to share here's the, this.
1: Here, Here's the thing is that S-Metalichlor is sold in the turfgrass market as pennant magnum. Yep,
0: yep. So...
1: Warm and season only. We all know atrazine. Yeah, warm season only. We also know atrazine. And we also know mesotrione. And it's interesting that mesotrione and atrazine are appearing together.
0: Uh, and bicycloprone is uh, also a group 27, uh, as is mesotrione. So um, it is an HPPD inhibitor. You've got,
1: you've got two bleachers. Yep. Yeah, two bleaching herbicides. Well, here's the interesting thing now. When you combine atrazine, simazine, or metribuzin with uh, mesotrione, you essentially get a super herbicide. We'll take out poa, uh, goosegrass, crabgrass, and then some other Weird southern grasses like smut grass and uh, and a few others. And do not However,
0: put this on cool season grass. Do not put this on cool season grass.
1: Never. And and the reason why I'm going to say never is because other use of a say an atrazine and mesotrione combination is if somebody has poa in their centipede or bermuda turf and it's dormant nisotrion and atrazine will take that poa out fast
0: um the uh (laughs) the other one we had here is uh on crazy hot days a seven minute sprinkler cycle in the afternoon uh do y'all have any thoughts on that I don't know what kind of grass or anything, but it got, it got multiple times posted in here. Uh, and so I'm going to assume it's cool season grass. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other one we had here is, uh, a surefire way to control wild violets and cool season grass. Yeah. In the fall, in the fall, you have to go after this. You're not going to make a single application and call it good. you're not going to get it all probably in a single year either. You've tried crossbow and eliminate with that success. Uh, probably what I would do is if you're going to use crossbow is add quinclorac to it. If you're in cool season grass, uh, if you're in warm season grass, add Celsius to it uh, or Celsius and quinchlorac to it. In fact, if you're in warm season grass like Bermuda, I would just pull the crossbow and do a Celsius quinchlorac mix. Uh, I've had good good success with that. That worked really well. Uh, but again, you, you know, think <laughs> at minimum two apps in the spring, one, uh, two apps in the fall, one in the spring at absolute minimum in order for you to get control of that. Uh, best pH range for Bermuda to grow in Florida soil? Dan, you've got a pretty wide range there. You're you're gonna be what five and a half to seven and a half, I would say would be a prime prime growing condition in Florida. Pretty much. Yep. What? Yeah. Uh <laughs> hang on. Uh talk keep talking <laughs> for a second to me.
1: Oh, the, oh, the, uh, what the hell, I mean, Earthwise, yes, Earthwise Lawn Dominators, dearie, well, it was so, it was so ludicrous that I, uh, Basically, I just erased all thoughts of it from my mind because after I saw the kettle bill and the five-pound plates attached to the moor, I thought, nope, this is clown world. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is uh, that is weird because... Uh, We see you. And I can hear you.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) Skype is weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know why your source froze on my screen, too. Uh, Let me do this. And then I'm gonna go to here. Where are you guys at? All right. And I'm gonna do that. And I'll transition you in. And then I'm gonna bring this up. Yeah. And then we'll do that. Talk to me again, Demay. How about now? Anything sound good there? Yeah, I got you now. Okay. You should okay. be you should be good to go now.
2: As well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we we. Ripped a um, hole in the time space continuum there.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Uh, yeah. So you've got a wide pH range there, uh, Dan the Lawn Man. You 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 really you really uh, not sweat it a whole lot. But that's a beautiful thing about Bermuda grass. Um. Let's see. There is a. Do you think I overapplied on my Bermuda in North Texas? Uh, 0.25 fluid ounces per thousand. Since the lawn looks more bronze, or some leaf blades look burned. This is from a rare culture, uh, and 0.25. What is that? 10, 13 ounces? I, I assume you're talking about T-Nex at that rate. T-Nex. Uh-huh. Yeah. T-Nex. Uh. uh, so that that'd be 11 ounces. I, I mean, no, but if you did not. Um, it, you, you very much, if it's your first application of the season, can you brawn hybrid <laughs> Bermuda with 11 ounces of T-NEX? Yes. Uh, yes, you did can you add a little bit of fertilizer to it. Did you mow it after applying <laughs> all of those will help with that. Uh, but to, uh, think that you're going to be okay, uh, just because it's 11 ounces does not necessarily mean, uh, that you hundred percent will be.
1: Nope, because when inducing a lawn onto T-NEX, always expect the first app to be a little bit on the bronzy side. That's just how the product uh, is. And then moving forward, of course, uh, that is why people suggest tank mixing it with Iron and maybe a little bit of soluble nitrogen. uh, And then other possibility is also incorporating another PGR called a new to mitigate some of that bronzing.
0: Uh, There you go. Um, Dan said... Oh, uh, wait, no, we have another one here. KTMS1 said, you may have talked about it f- before. What do you think about liquid aerators? Uh, there is no such huh. thing as a liquid aerator. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you that right now. There is 100% nothing liquid. real about liquid aeration. There what about it. liquid vibrators? The, liquid vibrators is about equally as real as liquid aeration. Uh, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a bunch of nonsense. Now... If you want to apply a wetting agent to increase, you know, infiltration or uh, uh, even infiltration through throughout the upper layer of your soil, that is real. You could do that.
1: That's real. That works.
0: Uh, and there are some benefits that go along with that that can can uh, help in terms of perceived compaction. Uh, but if you think that you're going to buy a product that has liquid aerator on the bottle and apply it (laughs) and decrease your soil bulk density by any meaningful way, then that is not going to work for you. Uh, It just, it's, it's impossible. So, and look, there are studies out there that show how to use polymers to decrease soil bulk density. And we're talking about injecting monumental amounts of polymers. You're not going to take something and apply at one, two, three ounces per thousand square feet and, uh, and, and decrease the soil bulk density. You're just not going to be able to do that. That's not possible. We're talking gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of concentrate per thousand square feet of polymers in order to decrease soil bulk density. And what would happen is that your soil level would actually rise. Because you're increasing the volume of your soil, by and, but maintaining the same amount of mass because you're not actually removing any mass, right? And density is mass over volume. So if you keep the same mass, but increase your volume, your density goes down. And so what you would see is literally the, the level of your soil rise if you're injecting the appropriate polymer at these enormous rates. Uh, Dan, the Longman said, when can I start and let off uh, PGR on St. Augustine? Um, yes, you, you, you can start when you're, when you're growing at a, at a healthy speed and then stop. When when would you recommend stopping Ray?
1: I'd probably say that he should plan on making his last application of PGR probably in October or November, depending on when his grass stops growing, because I know my, my area is eerily similar to. Dan's growing area as far as when grass grows and when grass slows down because I normally make sure that a lawn is not under heavy regulation between December through April. And when I say heavy regulation, I mean between December through april i will maintain a lawn on on very low rates of trinexapac and a new but i pull the cutlass at that time do not use cutlass in the winter what's up
0: john pajak how the hell are you
1: doing man you need
0: to you need to shoot me an email in fact we need to get you on here (laughs) that would be that would actually be a lot of fun we can talk about uh, on the entrepreneurial side of things, one of John Payjack's favorite things to talk about, fucking numbers, baby. Uh, seriously, Slayjack, uh, shoot, me, shoot me a damn email and let's make that a reality, too. Um, let's see. There was another one here. Uh, thoughts on Futera netless blankets for a renovation worth a cost or just reseed, lightly rake, any washed out areas? Oh, boy. It depends mm-hmm. on the
2: area. I think that... Uh... If you've got any sort of slope, any sort of, you know, grades that are greater than, say, like, 3%, uh, 4% especially, I would I would highly recommend using something like that. Uh, they can be a little bit of a pain in the ass when you go to start mowing. So, and if you plan on mowing low, like, say, less than 2 inches, I'd recommend not using them. I'd, re- you know, go get a straw blanket, like an Excelsior mat or something like that, cover it up, and then pull it off. Um when you get sufficient germination, that you can rip that stuff out of there. But I think I, I could go, boys, I could go all day long about seeding methods and the relentless prick I am about uh, those things and, and why they're so important, not just mats and, and blankets and everything like that. They're super expensive. If you want to do it, go for it. If not, um, if you're not on a slope or anything like that, you don't have to use them.
0: Uh, the other one here is, uh, have you had a chance to look up how much citric acid is required to dissolve free calcium carbonate? Uh, Evie has done the math and needs 69 pounds of sulfur just for the calcium carbonate before he can even start lowering his pH. Uh, no, I, I honestly have not, uh, not off the, the top of my head. Um, again, when you're talking about, uh, uh, the bulk density of soil, you're talking about 2 million pounds, um, you know, I was I was just looking at it today with uh, some high pH water, uh, so water that was coming in at like an 8.3, and a 1% solution of uh, citric acid did acidify that fine down to about three and a half. Um, now, you know, a 1% solution of citric acid in your soil at 2 million pounds, you know, we're talking about 2,000 pounds of citric acid, so that's not feasible to do that in your scenario, so... No, I don't know what that equivalent would be on the off chance without doing a monumental amount of math right now, Ray, would you know what that is?
1: Not at all. Not at all. I mean, that's uh, where it's all. It comes down to a matter of titration to where I tell people good thing to do is if you know you have high pH soil, you can literally hit that soil with citric acid as often as weekly. Pound per thousand square foot. Water it in thoroughly. And then while you're doing it, though, very important to have a means to perform what I call a rapid pH test so that you don't overshoot because reality is is that as matt said citric acid is capable of lowering the ph of whatever it's mixed with down to three in fact if i'm not mistaken citrus juices are at ph four yeah yeah or 3.5 something something like that i mean no, no one no wonder a margarita tastes good because it's uh, It's a bit on the tart side, but when acidifying soil, what you want to do is drive your pH down. But I'm going to give you one more thing in that my clue that my pH is coming down is literally the color of the grass. Because to me, to my eyes, grass that is growing on soil where there's excess of carbonates and the pH is too high always looks yellow no matter how much nitrogen or iron I've thrown at it there's something about properly adjusted soil that just makes the color on the grass just pop um, so I use my eyes so
0: <laughs> just a heads up that, that it was not Acuron the uh, herbicide we looked up it is Archon uh, I cannot find a label for this online I was sent an SDS uh, and it contains two trade secrets uh, one of them is a pseudo Kirk Norella subcapitata uh, oh yeah do you know this? no uh, it is it is a bacteria of some sort. Uh, there is a promellus promelis Um They also call it uh, yeah yeah that is oh wait no 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 hang on that's I'm looking at the uh, ignore what I just said. It contains two trait secrets and uh, perimisulfan. Uh, which I'm going to think is another HPPD inhibitor just based on the name. Actually, that? oh, that's, a, that's a sulfonylurea, isn't
1: it? sulfonurea yeah. and permisulfan is what makes that PBI Gordon granular sedge killer work. You yeah, know, it's vexus it's as a vexous. liquid
0: is what this is.
1: <laughs> no, vexus. Oh, holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> this permisulfan. Yeah. That is next level sedge control, because permassolfen is actually soil active.: Yeah, on the
0: sedge. I wonder how long you know, with those two trade secrets in it, I'm sure that's how they're getting around it, uh, with it being yeah, interesting. We'll keep an eye on that uh, because I, I literally cannot find. I found where they registered the uh, the trademark for it, but that's about it online. Uh, And I think they're handing it out as like trial material right now, if I understand correctly. Um, Let's see. Hot Rod said, thoughts on polycoat urea versus methylene urea? Uh, You know, pick your poison, but I'll explain it this way. One is coated with a polymer, so uh, water can flow into it and has a hard time flowing back out. Therefore, the water that moves in dissolves the urea inside the plastic polymer and then slowly leaches back out of that polymer shell. Methylene urea is going to be—it's urea that has long carbon chains on it, and the microbes in the soil will eat the carbon chains and then shit the urea. Uh, So, in effect, methylene urea functions like an organic fertilizer. Polymer coat just acts like a plastic shell around a liquid, basically, uh, is the easiest way to visualize that. Uh, RBL Jackson said, I sprayed Celsius and certainty doing a cleanup of Bad Bermuda here in West Texas last night. Four hours later, it thunderstormed. Uh do you think I'm screwed or not? Celsius uncertainty with four hours? I think I think you're gonna be okay.
1: Yeah, it it it'll work, but then it may not work very well on your harder to kill weeds because yeah. usually I like a a time of at least eight to twelve hours before the you know there's any kind of wash off from the you know, from the from the grass foliage. So, see what happens. F-A-F-O.
0: <laughs> uh, Brent is dealing with a shit ton of red thread. Uh, we talked about red thread a little bit uh, when Evie was on, if I recall correctly, and maybe again last week. Um, Demay, do you have to deal with a lot of red thread?
2: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, springtime, yeah. I mean, uh, easiest thing to do culturally is just a little bit more N. Uh, particularly from ammonium sulfate will help out. And if you really, really, really get uh, a hair up your ass and you want to spray something, uh, azoxystrobin, fine, fungicide to do it. I don't know that I would do that unless you have like a prolific outbreak though. So a little bit more in, grow yourself out of it, and, and move on. Because
0: once it's there, like, you you know, azoxystrobin to prevent it's great. But once it's there, like, it's going to run its course really quickly and then new foliage it mm. to grow and then you'll be fine. So, you know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Uh, def versus urea for weekly spoon feedings. There's literally no difference. No difference. Uh, you None. def is urea dissolved in water. Uh, urea has just not been dissolved. You want to do yet. crack or cocaine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just add a little bacon soda and there you go. This is, isn't even that complicated. So, uh, as, you know, do you want to, do you want to snort it or do you want to put it under your tongue? Pick your poison. They, they both do the same thing.
1: Yikes. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> While using TNeX, should I reduce recommended soil sample fertilizer rates? No. Yeah. No. You don't have to, and that's where you start getting into. Um, you're good if, you, in some instances, I'll, there's a lot of nuance there. But it, exactly like this guys said, no. But the, there's some really extreme nuance to get into there that would be like maybe not no. Uh, but I, for all intents and purposes, ninety-eight percent of the time in any situation you're going to run across, no. Uh, with would, would a would a wedding agent with pine straw work? Since I can readily get that and keep it ir, ir, irrigated on a bare, compacted Bermuda lawn. What he's trying to use pine straw as mulch to get the Bermuda to grow back in. I think is what he's saying. No, don't do that. Just furt it. And be done with it. Just eat yeah. it. Yeah, don't don't yeah. worry about mulch. Uh, yeah, just keep feeding it. It'll it'll make it'll make its way in. If you don't, you don't have to treat all the bare areas with a wetting agent either. Uh, you know, just treat treat your areas that you perceive it growing into between visits, kind of sort of deal. If you're incredibly concerned with it, any reliable way to take a soil pH with a liquid pH meter? Uh, what is your what is your, what yes. is your uh, ratio there for soil to water, Ray?
1: Okay, one part water to one part uh, soil, so break out a scale and weigh out 30 grams of soil and then, very important, then introduce 30 grams of either distilled, deionized, or reverse osmosis water into that sample, shake and store very well so that it's, you know, very well mixed let that sit for a half an hour and then stick your ph pen in there and that's what you get and by the way that is the procedure that the reputable labs use when they're getting a soil ph reading except their soil ph meter costs in the thousands of dollars and not uh Fifty dollars from Amazon. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say we have a really expensive soil pH meter at work that we use, and I think it was like three grand. Um, and then I <laughs> keep one on me when I'm fiddle farting around that cost me about thirty bucks. And uh, and to be honest, mm-hmm. I like the thirty dollar one because it doesn't require all the fucking setup steps that the three thousand dollar ones every time you turn it on does. Uh, I missed this one. Uh, Johnny Fesky also said thoughts on the C twenty soil amendment. And boy, do I have an opinion uh, here. Uh, mm. This is grains, distiller's grain, if I recall correctly. No, it's, uh, yeah, distiller's grain. Uh, so we did the math on this, uh, Johnny Fescue. I almost used your real name there. Sorry about that. Uh, in uh, in the Discord, uh, Evie posted about it, and we did the math on it. And, you know, whatever it is, their rate that you're applying, you know, you're still applying if you're applying at bag rate, like half a pound and in three quarters of a pound in. So any perceived response you're getting from it is likely due to the, uh, mineralization of the organic matter you're applying. Right. And, uh, and so while it makes you feel good, uh, are you actually accomplishing everything that it says in it? No, you're not, but you know, Hey, that's what happens when you got really sweet marketing behind you. It is, uh, it boy, you can make anything look cool, especially in the trials. It makes it look like a real hero, right? But what they didn't trial it against was like a soluble triple 20 applied in similar, similar rates. And then watch what happens there because that would actually be interesting. Uh, Dan, the lawn. Oh wait, no, Brian Morales said, uh, good tank mix of fungicides for fairing gray leaf spot and take all simultaneous.
1: Ooh.
0: (laughs) Uh, how, how much money do you want to spend? Yeah, I was gonna say that's really gonna be the limiting factor. Yeah, because we I we, we yeah. could go down about a thousand dollars an acre if you want. Higher? Yep. Yeah, or higher. Yep.
1: More, what are, what more. are we gonna do? Uh
0: not not just lexicon. We're gonna go we're gonna go all out. Name, name if we're tackling fairy ring too, that's that's the uh the hope and the prayer there. It's just a pro star in there yeah. too.
1: Okay, because when we're talking about fairy ring here's where i go with fairy ring is number one pro star number two stroberler infanticide for the leaf spot and this is what actually drives your cost up thiophenate missile hmm. and the reason why the thiophenate missile drives your cost up is because Application rate on that T-methyl is so high.
2: Five, probably in the five range, five fluid ounces per thousand, somewhere up there. Yep.
1: Yeah. Four. Yeah. Two to four ounces per thousand. Plus, the curative rate for ProStar on Fairy Ring is goddish expensive, of course, because, you know, Ryan, mm. what, what does four ounces. Per thousand of ProStar WDG mean to you?
2: I mean, <laughs> a house payment. It, it better work. <laughs> I know that. Uh, I don't even know it how. I, 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 I mean, it I know does. we used to. We there, There's a ProStar program that Bear now. you had back in the day that was really lights out, and it was a combination of ProStar and uh, at the time you can't get it anymore as a standalone product. I don't think is
1: uh, was Balaton, right? Um, Actually, we can still get Belaton. You can still get Belaton, except bear Bay- Now, markets that as Belaton flowable. Mm. I remember in the old days, I got Belaton WDG, and that tiny little one or two pound box was about five hundred dollars. <laughs> Oops, but but it worked. But it worked, so I'm not, I'm not grumbling. But then here's the thing that I would look at if somebody told me leaf spot, take all, and fairy ring. I would give a long, hard look at how much organic matter wow. that soil has. I take an extremely long, hard look at it. It looks like
0: new sod with a bunch of royal palms, so it wouldn't shock me if they put a bunch of, uh, you know, amending amending down before they did that.
1: Okay, Brian, is it a practice in your area for installers to put MFing compost underneath the sod? Do they do that? Because I know they do that stuff in Hawaii. And when they do that, it freaks the consumer out because if the consumer is following the watering instructions correctly to establish the new sod, it never fails that that consumer gets fairy ring and mushrooms everywhere. Matt, can you imagine uh, that?
0: Yep, hundred percent. Uh, I've seen it actually happen. Uh, Dan, the lawn man said, when you're applying seed, uh, you hear people apply a cover to the seed, whether that be, he said it again here, pine straw or peat moss, compost, etc. your thoughts on this. What is the best way you suggest? I never use a seed cover ever. Uh, the only time I did was when I was seeding slopes, um, Uh, like, like serious grades, like when we're doing drainage swales, you know, that are, that are moving monumental amounts of water where I'm having to use like reinforced geotextile to hold root systems in place on a, on a, on a severe slope, uh, it was the only time I ever used seed cover outside of that. Never once have I ever, ever, ever used seed cover. Uh, DeMay is a general rule of thumb, uh, in Florida, would you be using a seed cover?
2: Only if the lawn
0: barber has a branch in Florida. Yep. Uh, and then, and, 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 and yeah, don't, don't forget, it's a black cow. Uh, just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Let me go back <sighs> up. I saw Princess had a question specifically for you. He asked, how much do you, how much in do you feed your Ohio sports turf per month in the summer? Also, would you recommend the same rate for a Midwest home lawn with irrigation? Uh, <laughs> no. I, I yes can see that no. right now. That is yes. wildly, <laughs> wildly different. First, I mean, I don't. Do you see that field behind you there, uh, behind Demay? Demay, De May, Look, I'm gonna hang on. Let me let me look on your taint for a little while here, Demay. And I mean that. And it's Pride Month. You know, it, you just it is what it is. Um, Love you, Brian. Balls in my mouth. Uh, the Demay. Demay has started a trend in the North and and he is, he is really the sod father of this, that uh, he has taken uh, Tahoma 31 now iron cutter Bermuda grass and grown it in latitudes where you do not see Bermuda grass growing and is establishing it from, from sprigs and, uh, and, and it is, is really in my opinion, creating an enormous, an enormous net positive effect on sports turf up north. Uh, And I think that comes from earmuffs, right? I think from even a BMP standpoint, um, opting to go with Bermuda is the wiser choice uh, because of...
1: Actually, right, Matt, no earmuffs needed because, you know, in 2020, Ryan and I started talking about what's the possibility of him using Bermuda in sports fields instead of fighting with cool season mixes? I mean, we actually talked about it, okay? We did talk about it. And then, of course, uh, we had some uh, alone time to talk about, okay, now that you've established the uh, Bermuda sports field, how do you manage or deal with it? post sprigging you know and how to deal with all of the uh, you know contingencies and eventualities of a sprigged sports field and so i'm actually happy to see bermuda in ohio you know it, in fact there's a lot of places where i'd like to see bermuda Fact. <laughs> Get,
0: getting getting this done into the scale that it has done when we when we talk about the future of the industry this is one of those things that's going to be talked about for a long 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 time. Uh, I, shut up, Brian. I don't let I don't me, need let me your, answer his question. Can I answer the man's question? I'm not done. Hang on. God damn it. Uh, and he he's too yeah. humble to talk about this. But when we when we talk about good people, young people that are coming into the industry and doing good things, that's exactly what we're talking about. And Ryan will never ever. Brag on himself for doing that, and and he he one hundred percent deserves it, and that's why I'm going to speak up about it because, uh, one, uh, it's it's having the testicular fortitude to do it, and then two, it's convincing other people to put up the capital to do it too. He's like, hey, we're going to take a risk. You hear me on this? Uh, it's, I never ever <laughs> said those words. Of, ever. of course not. Of course not. And uh, but but you know, and and that's and that's why it will be talked about, and it'll be studied for a long period of time. And, uh, and you're going to see an overall shift in playing surfaces as a result of it. You are seeing a shift in playing surfaces as a result of it. Uh, and especially as the PFOS things continues to blow up and they're looking at different sod solutions for sports turf surfaces, uh, there's going to be a whole data set that they can now look into and uh, and who's, who's you know, we're going to have a big asterisk next to that. And, and Ryan can say, fuck these people. That's an inside joke between us. Not really. Um, okay. What were you going to say to Princess? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, uh, the first part of his question was,
2: "How much do we feed?" I think he said, "Cool season." I don't know if he specific How much do you feed your Ohio sports turf? So, uh, on cool season in the summertime, think of it like a not a hockey stick curve, but we're ramping up. Like you know, you, you people will talk about like the fall blitz and all this other bullshit. Uh, we're probably like six to eight weeks ahead of that. And the reason being is that, you know, during this month, like June, we're just in maintenance mode, right? We've, we've made a fertilizer application May, we're just trying to ride out what, you know, we still have from the previous year. We won't make a fertilizer application if it's uh, a fall-only field, usually until May. And then first part of July, it's go time because that turf has to be peaking in terms of growth rate right about the time they start. And it's got to stay there. All Fall long and that doesn't mean like slamming it out. So to answer your question in the months of June July and August probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, a pound and a half to two pounds of nitrogen goes out on cool season fields and then another probably two to three depending on the use case and grass and health of the field all that kind of stuff from September through late October. So uh, that's a roundabout answer no, is would you do would that do the same on a on a on a home line in Chicago. Absolutely fucking not. I would not do that. I would do the second half of that. I'd absolutely put two or three pounds of nitrogen down in the months of September and October and maybe even a little bit in early November, but I'd be weaning myself down on rates uh, significantly and tightening up my frequency as day lengths get shorter, ET drops and diminishes greatly and all that kind of stuff. So long story short, two different use cases, and that's why I'll say this is why lawn care guys who do sports turf, there are some that understand it and get it, and there's others that don't, and it, and it becomes challenging for them. Uh, and that's the reason why. It's just running a regular five-round program. Fields all beat up five weeks into the season, and you're like, what the hell is going on? It's like, well, you got to get some some N out here, brother. So anyway, I digress.
0: Yeah, the next one we have here is, why can you not use Rayora fungicide on um, uh, residential lawns? I'm... Because of big agricultural conglomerates. That were are the mouthpieces for, Matt. <laughs> that's why. That, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. It is uh, Flutriofal. Flu The DMI. Yeah, a, new, a newer class of the DMI's.
2: Less growth regulating properties. Not to the same level as like Maxtima. That's out from um, BASF, but pretty close. Um, it's big claim to fame is that it's it's super systemic like it gets in the plant and goes really really quick like significantly quicker than just about any other DMI uh, some of those DMIs Ray, are so immobile that they don't even call them systemic right they'll call them acropetal penetrants right though so they just go inside the leaf a little bit and they kind of stay there and and so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of its big claim to fame is that's why they call it the next generation because it has DMI properties right it's a demethylation inhibitor it's preventing that sterile uh formation what I can't remember it's not the formations not the right word anyway uh, you can't spray it because they don't want to label it for residential because that's a that's a bridge too far for them to pay the money and go through all the hassle of registering it for residential
0: yeah and to put that into perspective to get it labeled for, for residential at one point was' five million dollars now we're probably somewhere in the 10 to 12 million dollars for uh, the testing that has to go into it to get a residential label and I uh,
1: I got an and I got another one for What's you. that. The other issue is that these manufacturers nowadays are taking a very long hard look at even product stewardship. This is true. And and you know what? I'm gonna be horrible. The reason why a lot of products are not labeled for residential turf is because these manufacturers can't be assured that once their product is labeled for use on a residential lawn, that it's going to be applied in a manner that maximizes the efficacy of that fungicide, insecticide, or herbicide, etc. Okay, They just don't want to take that chance or that risk because let me ask you this: How many residential lawns get boom sprayed?
2: Oh, 10, uh, now. The, oh, come on.
1: Well, with the Z
0: spray and stuff, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say that's what I mean. It's, it's way more than it used to be, for sure.
1: Way more than it used to be. Uh, yeah, twenty-five percent.
0: I'd say more than
2: that me, it's fifty.
1: Yeah, it, it's like a, it's like a tie, but then. The other common application device that I've had conversations with people regarding is the Chemlon application nozzle.
0: The Lesco gun.
1: That, the Lesco gun. That sucks for applying fungicides. It sucks, absolutely. Because the Lesco application gun is designed to make whatever you spray out of it Roll off the foliage and hit the soil rather than stick to the foliage because intended use of the Lesco gun was so that you could spray urea and potash on turf grass without burning the turf grass up. That, that was its intended use.
0: There it is. Um, <laughs> eliminating fine fescue from tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, prayer. You wish. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. Uh, Hot Rod said, "I understand what methylene and polycote are. Which one would you pick for your control release?" In <laughs> I mean, there's I can't oh, tell God. you Jesus, that's awful. how how to pick that. There's so many factors to take into consideration. There, right? Like here we are back at cocaine and cracking. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> you, you, you've got to. You've I, if if I were you, I would okay, test both look, of them and see which one works better for you. Let me ask you this real quick, real quick. I'll follow
2: up that question. In what particular case would you use methylene urea over poly and then vice versa? Give me an example of where you would use MU versus poly and then poly versus MU. Uh,
0: I would use uh, whichever's cheaper. There you go. All right, Doctor Shadix. Yeah, it would either be whatever's cheaper, or um, it it would depend on like how it's stored, right? Like if it's gonna be beat to holy hell, uh, you know, in risk of falling over or getting run into with a bobcat, like like you know my first self employment venture, then (laughs) I'm probably gonna go with methylene urea because I don't have to worry about prill degradation interrupting the uh, slow release potential of it. Uh, and and that's assuming I can get it from a trusted vendor too, right? Like if it's coming from Harold's, I know that it's coming on a Harold's truck. It's been treated really, really kindly by the time it gets to me, if I'm getting it from a vendor that's going to deliver it with central transport LTL and you know, 14 of the bags are laying on the ground when it gets there and 72 of the 40 bags or 72 holes in 40 bags. And it looks like drunk people were moving it around the warehouse. Uh, then I'm probably going to choose methylene urea. specific. Yeah, yeah, because I've boy, don't ever ship anything with Central Transport. Never. Any of the other ones are okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Holland, uh, Sia. Uh, what's the one out of out of uh, Cookville? I'm drawing a blank on their name. It's great, great companies though, and that never had any problems with them. Uh, but boy, Central Transport will fuck everything up. You got. Um, what what about what about what about you? Because they're, they're all going to have a diminishing point of return, and that's typically going to be when it's hot and wet. That that whatever stated on the label, as far as what it'll do for you, you could pretty much wipe your ass with it because it's all out the window at that point.
2: I think so, at least in my experience, and I know that Dr. Shadix has a good paper to read up on this on different slow release sources versus, like urea, I think is a control, and basically found no difference in terms of release. I I I'm just saying anecdotally, you know, even messing around with like check plots and doing different areas where you're changing fertilizers out, like at different points. Um, I would say that in a, um, in an irrigated situation, I would be more apt to use um, more apt to use a methylene urea in a non irrigated situation more apt to use a uh, polycoat. The only reason why is that, you know, as as we get more water in the system, methylene urea is still going to be temperature dependent and, you know, degraded by microbial activity. Not so much water, right? And osmotic potential between some plastic and the prill and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I've just I'll tell you, I'll say the the bad thing that happened. I'll give you a, a quick story of failure. Once went out, uh, and this doesn't completely inform my opinion here, but just a horror story, went out on fairways of, uh, gosh, years ago, 15 or more years ago with Polyon, right? 120-day product, go out with Polyon. It's one of those summer days where, hey, we're going to have some pop-ups. Okay, no cool, no problem. We'll get, some, we'll get a little rain on it. Well, it rained like four inches that <laughs> afternoon. Got up under one. It didn't move. And I'm going to tell you what, gentlemen, you could have mowed those drain basins, you know, the areas of the swales down. on the. You could have mowed those three times a day, every day, for the next 90 days, and it wouldn't have mattered.
0: It still would have been growing. It was fucking awful. I'll say in my... Awful. Totally anecdotal here, too. In my opinion, methylene urea has less of a peak, longer duration, and that's purely yeah. just from my experience with it. It Fair. may not be replicable across all the United States. Um... Uh, North Florida, St. Augustine turf, infested with Kalinga. Sedgehammer isn't doing much. What can apply early in the morning before the 90 Uh For Kalinga, uh, there's a lot. Uh, you can do certainty. You can do sedgehammer plus sulfintrazone. You can do uh, You can do solero. Uh, you can, and, and, yeah, I, I, even adding just a little bit of a sedgehammer kicker at like four ounces per acre uh, is would be sufficient even with sedgehammer to give you effective control of Kalinga in that situation. Um, in fescue and Bermuda buttonweed, Ray, what do you have? Uh, and this, I'm going to sound like an asshole in this scenario, but you know, I don't mind fucking around and find it out on, on Bermuda. Uh, but anything with a little fluoroxapir and triclopyr in it, like Momentum FX2, um, what is the other one from, uh, Helena Battleship 3? Um, I would go ahead, just ding up Bermuda with it and, and use it.
1: Okay, and then there's that other one that's the uh, what's that? The 2,4-D free one called Change-Up. Yep, yep, Change-Up's another one. Right? Because uh, it sounds to me like somebody has turf-type tall fescue or, ta- or KY-31 that has Bermuda contamination and buttonweed. And if it were me, I wouldn't mind deliberately killing the Bermuda. I really wouldn't mind, and that's because or or killing the fescue. <laughs> well, if, <laughs> if I if I wanted to smoke the fescue, hater, can yes. we all say half ounce per acre NSM? Jesus or <laughs> God or or that's... half ounce per acre Monument?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Plus some plus some in the summer, no.
0: Oh yeah, a little uh a, a <laughs> monument plus
1: um uh, uh is that that's just my go-to.
0: Yeah, monument and uh, Celsius <laughs> is another good one too. That would just absolutely smoke the holy shit out of that, and you would have just clean ass Bermuda <laughs> left over after that too. Um, is Anuvia forever bankrupt? Yes, Anuvia is out of business. They're done. Three hundred and ten million dollars gone. Uh, you hate to see it. Uh, I've, I've talking to a lot of people about that right now and we'll, we'll see what ends up coming of it, but my goodness, uh, OSU on the private chat. I cannot do that. Uh, so we will, we That's will have time. to, cause I don't have a, that goes to a completely separate channel. I don't have access to, um, That's true. Uh, RBL Jackson's do a lot of applicators at T-NEX as free add-on to improve turf quality. No, they do not. And the reason why is that if you do not follow your growing degree days on reapplication intervals, you're going to create more problems than you will improvements. Again, when you see people on the YouTubes that are applying uh, T-NEX at 30-day intervals with no Jeez. Uh, paying attention to any other aspect of their climate, <laughs> uh, there's a reason uh. why they make YouTube videos and don't do this professionally. Like, yep so i i know you'll see ron henry do a granular t-nex or liquid t-nex every 30 days or who is it how to a doc does a granular t-nex and uh and it's the dumbest thing in the entire world um look look at why doc's uh uh uh, green died that he had in his backyard that he blamed it on whatever it was that ended up happening and in reality he just has no idea what he's doing um there's a reason why uh, Ron Henry is going to show you the same clips over and over and over and over and over. It looks nice because it's cut really low, but I promise if you're out there walking on it, you, it would not look like that yeah. field behind, right on top uh, uh, Demay. It would not look like that grass area behind Ray. Um, and, uh, don't ask me how I know, but <laughs> you know, stranger things have happened. Um,
1: yeah, there, there's, there's a reason. <laughs>
0: uh, Will Smith said, how can I get my manganese levels up? Uh, came back low manganese. Uh, you can apply manganese sulfate. You can apply a micronutrient package that has manganese in it. Uh, it's, you can apply manganese glucoheptanate. You can apply EDTA manganese. You can apply EDHA manganese, which you'll never find. Uh, but yeah, one of the soluble <laughs> forms of manganese. Technically, you could get away with manganese oxide because it solubilizes at a little bit higher pH, But I would just stay away from it because uh, it is, again, your time to solubilization there is just going to be so incredibly high uh, that it's effectively not going to uh, do for you what you want it to do. Uh, You would need years in order for that to become a thing. And it sounds like now you need days. So manganese sulfate applied as a foliar app or EDTA manganese since you're 7 pH or manganese glucoheptonate would be your best bet. Thoughts on pre-germinating Kentucky bluegrass? Any way to determine a number of days to soak? Don't do it. Don't. Just do it. (laughs)
2: Just man up and grow it the right way.
0: Uh, John Pajak said a Scotch-to-leaf blight is becoming an issue in northwest Indiana the last few years he's submitting a research paper on the subject to Purdue would you gentlemen want to take a look at it
1: hell yeah sure,
0: uh, 100% send that over to us because a Scotch-to-leaf blight in the midwest right now with uh, the heat and the dry weather uh, we deal with it a lot in the south um, and so it's uh, interesting to see it in the uh, the rest of the parts of the United States and people wigging the fuck out about that too it's uh, it's like, yes, you get to experience it now. It's like when Dallas grass started moving north and people had no idea what it was. They kept calling it crabgrass. They're like, <laughs> nobody, eat all of my balls. That's Dallas grass, have fun. Uh, Chuck said, math answer, please. Two and a half gallons of n is 31 pounds. Do I subtract the water weight when figuring out pounds on the ground? 150016s. Uh, no, if you're using it as fertilizer, you're going to take the 31 pounds and then multiply it times the 0.15 or 15% N or 31 pounds times 16% S. Uh, and that would give you your pounds of actual N or pounds of actual S on the ground. Uh, do not do that. At, you do not subtract the water out and then multiply that by the uh, the percentage uh that jumped down holy shit we have so many fucking questions it's insane um (laughs) we should we should probably do these more often yeah we should uh (laughs) i've been adding soluble triple 20 to my applications y'all recommended that to me in my previous chat years ago seemed to seem to help as an additive good good um Let's see. Aside from what a label recommends, what is the criteria for selecting different types of adjuvants? Why use something that breaks surface tension versus something that could also act as a
2: penetrant? I, 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 that's a great question. And
0: I would stick to what the label says because they typically test this when they make a recommendation. Uh, what, what are y'all going to say? Yeah, I'll let y'all talk about this.
2: <laughs> well, I would say that, that be careful as well and read the label because there are very specific situations that it, that it absolutely matters I think there's also situations where it doesn't really matter. And then the third thing that has become a thing, Ray, is that uh, some manufacturers are now adding their own surfactant to the mix ahead of time. And if you add other things, uh, you're not going to like the, what, what happens to your, uh, your milkshake. Your
1: application. Yeah, yeah. You're not going yeah. to enjoy your application. And
2: as like a general rule,
1: yeah. as a general rule, Adjuvants, the right adjuvant, can drastically enhance the efficacy of your tank mix. However, there's a double-edged sword on that in that it can enhance it to the point of that tank mix turning into a hot mix. You will see a little bit of a burn in return on on there, or Mm -hmm. a lot. And like the one that comes to mind. Is applying any kind of surfactant with a liquid fertilizer. Yeah. Be mindful. Of <laughs> oh that
2: man, I. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. Because I often get a question, and along the lines of, can I combine my wetting application agent application with say, AMS or some soluble balanced fertilizer and. My answer is calibrated to the idea that Dollars to Donuts, the person asking me this, is not laying this down in front of an already running irrigation system. No. no. So the answer is no. The, the second issue that I run into is usage and misusage of methylated seed oil.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you okay. can burn the holy <laughs> shit out of grass with just mm-hmm. methylated seed oil.
1: Mm-hmm. You can burn the crap out of grass when you combine methylated seed oil with certain herbicides, and you're not prepared for the effect. As well, conversely, by combining methylated seed oil with certain herbicides, you can also cancel out or reduce efficacy of that application. So there's a lot. I mean, we could literally do an entire show on wise usage of adjuvants and additives. Yeah.
0: And uh, he also went on to say, why does AMS act as an adjuvant? One, it neutralizes carbonates in the water uh, because it is acidic. It is going to acidify your tank uh, and then also, if you've ever added nitrogen to a tank and felt uh, nitrogen dissolved in water, there's a certain slickiness to it, too. So you will have some uh, uh, surface tension reducing-esque effects from it as well. I wouldn't call it a, uh, a flat-out uh, wetting agent of sorts or a, um, uh, a, a, a surfactant of sorts, but there are some surfactant-like qualities to it once it's, it's dissolved in water. Uh, What causes pH in soil to increase? It was 7.7 last year. When I did my test this year, it was 8.0. Last year, I added compost, elemental sulfur, and ammonium sulfate as my prime nitrogen source. Uh, If I had to guess, it is your uh, uh, water that you're watering with. And it also could just be the chemical makeup of your soil, too. Um, Because you you may be, like in Texas, on a limestone base and then irrigating with 8.5 pH water. And uh, and yes, you're you're doing all the right things and thinking it's going to happen in one year is oh it's Michigan, Mike. So he's in Michigan. Uh, I don't know shit really about Michigan. Why would your pH go from a seven seven to eight in Michigan? Again, I'm going soil composition and water pH,
1: water quality. Yep that that would be a factor. Other factor is you know composts themselves. I've caught composts with alkaline pH and high total dissolved solids. And you know how I catch that? I send my prospective product over to an accredited lab, like say Waypoint or Spectrum, and have them run the analysis. And then when I get the results back, I can advise people as to the garbage that they were sold in the form of two tons of compost per thousand square foot to go into their lawn and landscaping is actually going to do more harm than good.
0: Yep. Uh, So uh, the, and here's the other thing too, is that if you're applying biochar uh, the majority of biochars you're going to find out there are going to be high pH and uh, that can be a problem for you. Uh, there are very few manufacturers out there that know how to manipulate biochar pH. And, uh, and that's, that's another test for you. If you want to find out if the producer of biochar knows what the fuck they're doing, is ask them, how do you manipulate the pH of biochar before you sell it? <laughs> and, uh, and if they can't answer that question or don't know or give you a, uh 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 or whatever answer they give you, share it with me. And I'll tell you whether or not they're full of shit. Um, he also said there's anionic and cationic surfactants. Would AMS fall into the category of anionic? Uh, yes. Um, Matt Skmizzi yes. said I heard a person say that PGR will help a root growth because the plant will put its energy into the roots and not top growth. Any truth to it? I, it it's more anecdotal. I believe. Uh, I don't know if that data has been replicated at large, but I may be wrong on that. Has is that is that evidence based or is that a, is that a uh, theoretical? Wait, say that again. Uh, applying PGR will it for sure uh, promote root development at the sacrifice of uh, energy being diverted towards leaf development?
2: Uh, I could go back and find the papers, but yeah, I mean, twenty years ago, there's uh, go look up uh, Carl Dannenberger, Ohio State, and look up uh, PGR, or pr- particularly pac Pacathel, or, or Primo, and look up uh, what they the term they pulled out of that is a, a term called pre-stress conditioning yeah yeah, the, yeah yeah, yeah, and the yeah, whole yeah. idea whole idea behind that was that if you you start using primo or trinx impact ethyl uh Tinex, whatever you want to call it um after you've you've done i think it's like four mowings or something like that all the way through you know when the summer stress period begins is that you've diverted a sufficient amount of energy away from shoot growth into root growth that you should be able to, uh, withstand stresses better. And that was, there's research plots, all kinds of stuff in there. So Danneberger, D A N N E B E R G E R. Look it up, go to Google scholar or your favorite, uh, your favorite database of journal records. EBSCOhost is a good one. Take a look. Nerd out.
0: Uh, Road salt, uh sand used on roads in my area, the uh the snowbank is brown out first. Is it possible it's a salt issue? Yes. If so, anything that would fix it. What do you what do y'all think? Is it is it worth uh trying to do a little uh displacement water. there? Yeah. Uh water, water. leach it is uh would be your friend. Leach
1: leach that thing out and other thing that I can tell you is this is where taking an actual soil test may be helpful because what i do to leach salts out of alkaline soil is a little different when i need to move salt out of alkaline soil where the ph is over seven and i have free calcium carbonate
0: looney i missed your question about growing degree days and uh chinch bugs Mm -hmm. Uh, type, type that again and i'll i'll do my best to catch it so one of us will catch it um but I, I even scrolled up to look for it and I could not find it. Um, there was another one here that I saw. Uh, oh, the last part of um, uh, Sans's question was, does Amine versus Esther come into play for adjuvant decision?
1: Yes, it sure does. It sure oh, does yeah. because if you have an Amine-based product in general, they are not helped by methylated seed oil. Conversely, if you have ester-based herbicide, that is dramatically helped by methylated seed oil. So when you have, say, amine-based three-way, the enhancing surfactant or adjuvant package for that would include something to knock out Calcium ions in the water, as well as a non ionic surfactant. Yep.
0: Uh, yep. The uh, chinch bugs and growing degree days, uh, uh, Demay, is there any validity of using growing degree days to track chinch bug development for accurate <laughs> treatment scheduling? That I do know. Do not know.
2: I, I didn't know either. I went and looked up a bunch of stuff about this because I did. See him catch up in the chat, and uh, there seems to be validity to it in terms of how they're timing this. And before it was based on uh, other phenological events, right? So, uh, this is a resource here I'm reading from Cornell where they're talking about the sumac bloom, right? So, let me look at that in Ohio and see if that. So, if you don't know about phenology, there's all kinds of man, you don't have sumac on here. Damn Ohio State! I'll tell you what. Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of good charts out there in terms of when phenological events happen, not just uh, insect development or larval stages or things like that, but also certain uh, blooms on plants, certain things like that, and then that can also be time. So uh, those are typical lifestyle cycle developments. I think the other thing to consider there with any GDD based measurement tool is that when you have weird swings in temperature and things like that, it can throw it off just a little bit. But uh, usually it's a good guidepost to go off of. So I'll have to look into more of this but to answer definitively. But based on what I'm seeing here so far, uh, yeah, dive in on it.
0: Um, the uh, How do I improve my builder grading material, clay soil, tech, central Texas, Bermuda? <laughs> Uh, Get something growing on it and stick to a good agronomic program. We'll build it. We'll fix your soil faster than anything. Correct your soil pH. If you're in Central Texas, I'm assuming you're you're high pH. Start working on trying to acidify it. Um, There's lots of people out there. Go uh, look at um, uh, 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 what is Jago's uh, YouTube channel? I think he talked a little bit about that. Uh, And he's, he's in Texas, not exactly central Texas, but uh, you can watch what he's done and his shit is on fire. If you need help acidifying your soil, uh, look at the lawn guardian. He's uh, shown a lot of Mm. the effort he put into it and the results he got from it as well too. Uh, So there's lots of things you can do if you need help with the pH and then the rest of it is just getting something growing on it and growing well, and then it will take care of itself. Uh, You can grow grass in pretty much just about any medium you want to. Uh, Colonel Corn has problems with water infiltration. I've got some Socor on hand and also need to fertilize. What's the best order to get these products into my suffering lawn? Uh, well, if you're struggling with getting water in, go ahead and apply the Sokol or give it a day or two, and then apply your fertilizer. I probably wouldn't apply those at the same time. Uh, uh, yeah, just cause it can, it can get a little froggy. Can you explain more if we use T-nex every 30 days? Uh, look up, uh, uh, Tranexibac ethyl growing degree days, uh, reapplication interval, uh, what is the, the app? Uh, Greenkeeper app is another one you can look mm-hmm. at and, uh, who, who, who's, is, mm-hmm. is that Croiser who did that Yeah uh, and did a lot of the research related to that? Um, yep. we, I mean, we could go through it all at the same time right now, but it's, it's really too much to get into, but you're trying to time mm-hmm. your reapplication before you get out of your, uh, your suppression window there. Uh, how do you get rid of Dallas grass and St. Augustine? That's your favorite right there, Ray. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that one is probably going to be a hard one because right now there's really no good selective controls for Dallas grass and St. Augustine. However, there is something new that you can look at. However, this is only safe to use on the old... Legacy non-dwarf varieties of St. Augustine. Which product is that? Recognition.
2: Oh, the new one. Yeah, you see... Tell us about it. We've had people ask, I think LW50 asked, and then there's other people that have asked us in uh, YouTube comments and stuff like that. Lay it down here for us, Ray.
1: Okay, what Recognition is, is Recognition is combination of trifluxisulfuron which we all know and love as monument combined with what's called a safener or an antidote called metkemafin that's a second chemical but what the metcamifin does is it allows the saint augustine to tolerate label rates of trifluxisulfuron because normally with trifluxisulfur on on, on Saint Augustine, it's a 50 50 chance that you're going to either burn, stunt, or kill that Saint Augustine. It's not a nice thing. So, you know, that would be that would be one avenue. Other avenue, if you have Dallas and Saint Augustine, however, do this at your own risk and only on very well cared for and non-stressed St. Augustine is revolver plus Celsius. That's actually a standard treatment for Dallas in warm season grass. However, again, this is at your own risk because even revolver, that can turn the other way on you on St. Augustine real fast, especially if your St. Augustine is stressed in any way. So there.
0: There you go. Uh I'm gonna fly through just a little bit of this. Um let's see. Uh tied Paclo versus T Next. is not uh, labeled for residential lawns. Don't do it. You'll you'll I promise that's not the one you want to play with. Uh, have you guys had anyone send their water off for testing, uh, to book in on that guy's question about rising pH? Uh, yeah. And you can alth- oftentimes look up your mi- municipality's water report and, and see exactly, uh, what's going on with it because, uh, there's, uh, uh it, that's public information that they have to share and you actually will be shocked at what you see. Um, does hydrotain actually do anything or are the results just from watering done when applying the product? Uh, hyd- any, any of the other wedding agents, it, it doesn't have to be Hydrotane. There's a shit ton of wedding agents out there. They all work just about the same. Uh, so I don't want you to think there's anything. Talked about, about it on burner uh, return. Yeah. We talked about that on burner return that went out yesterday and you can listen to that episode during the, uh, uh, the end of the show, during the returns, they all function about the same. Uh, so, you know, you're, you have to find the right one that's going to work for your specific, uh, conditions. Um, Let's see, but uh, yeah, uh, is citric acid a reasonable option to use to lower pH? Is it worth it? Uh, it, yeah, it is. Uh, it, but it, it's up to you. Do you want to spend the money on it? I can't answer how much money you want to spend. Is it effective? Yeah. Uh, is it going to fit your budget? I have no idea. <laughs> it's like pro star or lexicon or any other, of the fun, fun things we do. Uh, you know, monument herbicide, even for example. Yeah. I love sulfuron. It's not always in the budget, but you know, it, 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 it do they work? Yes, to different degrees as long as you use them correctly. That actually takes us to the end of the questions. Uh, somehow, we got it. My goodness. Um, we did it. So, J-Pink is out of town, and we are not adult enough to figure out how to do this without him. Uh, that's why you probably are well aware of the, uh, the decrease in uh, video quality that you see here, and uh, production value is going down and all that fun stuff. And uh, so we will not be able. There's ways we do the after show. I I can't do that, and so we will not be doing that. Uh, but I hope I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about us, about what we do, about our community, uh, and uh, you know, I would say normally what we do, what we talk about, is going to be geared way more towards um, uh, the uh, advanced side of things. Uh, and then we also will talk about the basics, uh, but I promise we will do our best to talk about things in a way that you understand, but a lot of times you may not. And, uh, and that's exactly why we have a community. You can check it out. Patreon.com forward slash burn and return. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, we, we are three guys that were brought up in this industry that were, uh, were treated like, uh, like dogs. And so we, um, we, we love, we love, with, uh, with our, 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 our crassness. How about that? There's a, there's a fair amount of brevity in the way we speak and I'll just leave it to that. And if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash burner return. And, uh, oh, and coming up, like I said, I've reached out to, uh, Andrew McGuire. He's going to be coming on. And, uh, oh wait, Evie said he sent one more question to me here. He said, not sure if you can pull it up during the show, but I saw another t- uh, post about blackening turf. Uh, I have uh Kentucky bluegrass with some perennial ryegrass. I have these brown spots showing up when I go clo- closer. The blade is is uh, uh purple in color on one side. Uh, and I am pulling this picture up. Uh, yeah, we're actually some of that actually looks like slime mold. Uh, and then uh, some of it looks actually like uh old, uh, I don't know. We'll 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 look at it. We're we're going to we're going to do this on uh, on the Discord. So, anyway, check us out there if you're interested in joining the Discord. Patreon.com/slash Burning Turn. We love y'all. We will catch you on.